Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm Sherry Budziak, CEO and founder of DataWorksource. Association 4.0 is how we describe the skills needed to navigate Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Today, it is more important than ever for organizations to have a strong channel network. In this podcast, Sharon Rice, Managing Director of Business Strategy for DataWorksource, will discuss the importance of channel networks and channel development with Jim Leahy, who is an accomplished association executive and global channel leader. Hi, everyone. My name is Sharon Rice, and I am the Managing Director of Business Strategy for DataWorksource. And today I am pleased to have with me Jim Leahy, who's a friend and a colleague and a former client. And we're going to spend some time talking about channel networks and channel development. Now, this is an, a concept that's familiar to a lot of associations. So we're going to start at a pretty basic level um, for those of you that maybe haven't been introduced to channel before, but would really spend some time talking about why channel networks are as important today as they ever were, even in light of the fact that we're doing a whole lot of direct delivery as a result of trying to navigate the pandemic. So we're glad you're here and looking forward to a very interesting conversation with Jim Leahy. So Jim, you're unusual in my experience, at least with associations, that you bring to the association community a very deep commercial background on channel development and channel operations. And so um, what I'd like you to do for a second is just talk to us a little bit about your background, and then we'll, we'll really start with the basics about what we mean when we talk about channels. Sure. Well, thanks for having me here today, Sharon. It's, it's uh, a pleasure to be uh, given this opportunity to talk about one of my passions, which is, is channel development. I spent about 25 years of my career in commercial channel development, and that was mostly, again, on the commercial side. The last five years, however, was with the Association for Supply Chain Management, where I really started to leverage that knowledge I had gained and applied it in the nonprofit association sector. And it, it culminated in really helping to reignite growth through partners. And I think a lot of associations can, can benefit from leveraging commercial partner tactics and strategies to further their mission and further their success. So when we talk about channel and we use that term channel, as I said before, mm-hmm. I think it's something that certainly some associations really understand what a channel is and then other association executives, this may be new material. So at its core, how would you define channel? What is a channel network? What are we really talking about? Sure. Uh, a channel is really, if you have partners today, if you're an association that has chapters or academic partners or training partners, if you have partners, you already have a channel. I think in the association space, a lot of times we, we don't like to align ourselves to commercial terms, but there are frameworks in how you can manage partner networks to maximize opportunity and maximize growth. So again, if you have partners, you all who who deliver product services or membership engagement, you already have a channel. So the most familiar channel, I think, for most associations is their chapter network. And so sure. um, certainly associations have, 
you know, chapters outside the United States, but let's focus on let's inside the United States or inside of North America, these traditional chapters. How do chapters function as a channel in um, today's world? Well, it, as you know, in some associations, uh, traditionally chapters were actually part of the association in that they weren't separate legal entities. Uh, in many associations today, chapters, in fact, are separate organization or separate legal entities. But these are local relationships, local groups of people that are delivering, uh, in most cases, engagement on behalf of an association. And in some cases, the delivery of training products and services. But to the extent that they are independent organizations run by a separate group of management, they are separate partners. And I think there's a lot to be gained from looking at those local chapter relationships as partnerships, albeit they might be partners on the engagement front only, but they are still separate groups that can benefit from some of the tactics that you use in traditional commercial channel partner management to help uh, identify the most successful partners and to uh, cultivate and drive uh, growth and success. I have a number of clients who kind of bemoan these chapter relationships and, and you know, feel like they're difficult to maintain or, you know, it would effort if the association was going direct to the U.S. market as opposed to going through their chapters or their channels, then have other clients that realize that their, their chapters are really essential to their operation. I think when you were talking, one of the things that occurred to me is that a change in perspective of how we look at our chapters. So if we start looking at our chapters as commercial relationships um, that are driving mutual goals and how do we best organize that, we might actually be able to change from a negative perception of chapters if we have that or if we're experiencing that to a more positive perception of our chapter network. Are you high on chapter networks? If, if an association already has a well-developed chapter network, do you see that as an asset? Well, I see certainly last, you know, done properly and properly activated, I see that last mile engagement that chapters deliver as very important now and in the future. Certainly we know that COVID has accelerated uh, digital delivery, digital membership engagement, all sorts of uh, digital connection. But when things get back to a steady state, that last mile engagement has a role to play. Unfortunately, I think because channel management principles have not been followed, the construct that most associations have with their chapter networks is outmoded. So yeah, people bemoan the networks, but you know, frankly, I don't think the structures at most associations, the chapter network structures have been updated and uh, aligned with the needs of today's market. Chapters are not the only shop in town or the only way to engage with members. We know that can happen digitally now, but that last mile connection, that person to person connection, it absolutely has a role to play. And by leveraging commercial channel management strategies, you can really help in our view, in my view, reignite a new way of having local chapter engagement that's consistent with your growth strategies and growth principles. But you got to shift a lot of mindsets, not only in the chapters, 
but frankly, in the associations. Yeah, well, you know, Billing Highway and Mariner do a, a study. Uh, it seems like a pretty regular study. I was just looking at a 2019 study that they did. And they talked about, um, they asked the associations with chapters that they surveyed um, whether they hold their chapters accountable to any metrics. Do they set metrics, right. performance metrics, and do they hold them accountable? And um, probably not surprisingly, answers were all over the board. So when mm. you talk about kind of the discipline of, of channel management from an operation perspective, are you including things like setting uh, mutual goals and metrics and holding these partners accountable from a performance perspective? Absolutely. So any channel strategy, channel go-to-market strategy has to be underpinned by a channel program. And that channel program has to have performance metrics, accountability. Uh, it also has to um, segment their performers. So it has to really reward the performers and give them extra benefit. But again, a commercial channel program approach to even traditional engagement can really help overcome what in that uh, uh, research that you noted, which I read uh, as well, um, identified that, you know, most chapter networks, they're really not managed. I hate to say this, but in a way, you know, professionally or in commercially expeditious ways to to help those chapters, to help the members, and, you know, frankly, to help the association. Yeah, in the future conversation that we're going to have, we're going to dive more deeply into working with a domestic channel or again, a North American channel, which is probably going to be dominated by that conversation about, about chapters. But, mm -hmm. as, you know, as we, as associations are looking at strategies for how to rebound from the pandemic and come out stronger and be more relevant, um, it sounds like you and I agree that there's some real potential in their current chapter network if they have one, and that maybe the key is just, again, changing their perspective and the way that they look at their chapters as a part of their domestic channel. Um, and so that'll be something interesting that we could talk about in the future. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about international. So um, certainly a lot of associations are already engaged and have an international channel, again, whether they use that terminology or not. Um, but, but a lot of associations that we talk to are really interested in how they develop um, that international customer base or international membership base. And you have a lot of experience in this area. You've um, served in positions overseas. Talk to us a little bit about that international channel and, you know, what's the potential of engaging a channel um, outside of North America for North American-based associations? Well, the potential can be very high. I spent uh, over 10 years of my career actually based out of the U.S. in the U.K., uh, managing and developing uh, channel partner networks, primarily in the Europe, Middle East, and Africa for North American companies. And so I learned it from the perspective of being in theater or in region and having a company at a distance provide the product or the service and, and how you kind of bridge those markets. But in this globalized world that we all live in today, there can be great opportunities for associations to expand internationally, but you have to do it smartly. You have to pick the right partners and you have to have a game plan. You know, you really have to have what I call a, a channel charge and the channel charge is a comprehensive look at market opportunities. So you got to prioritize your markets. 
You have to uh, envision who your ideal partner is so that you know who you're targeting. You need your channel program, which includes your channel partner agreement and all the governance and accountability and metrics. And with proper planning, international region, uh, international regions can present great opportunities for associations. Now, here's the thing. Partner networks take a long time to develop. And, you know, one, it's not rocket science. It's some basic principles, but it takes time. And you can spend as much time developing the wrong kind of partners. So you need to be very careful on developing the right partners in the right market. So I think kind of in sum, one thing that an association could look at is look at your current uh, scope of clients and members in North America. And um, then where, where do they concentrate internationally? If you serve multinational corporations, then you probably would be best served on focusing your efforts in countries around the world that have a lot of presence of multinational corporations. If you largely serve individual professionals, then you could look at places around the world where those professionals who are looking to work with companies who value your content um, can secure uh, uh, knowledge and training from your organization. So. You have to have a plan, you've got to have a comprehensive plan, and you have to have a very key understanding of what markets to go after and what, what partners to go after. But properly done, once you get partners up and running, it's really a way to have them do a lot of heavy lifting on your behalf. And you can grow over time with them and they can grow over time with you. Yeah, so in the future, we're going to have a little bit uh, deeper dive into developing an international right. channel discussion. Um, and so those associations that are interested in that will want to stay tuned for that. In general, Jim, when we talk about developing a, a, a channel strategy, um, a channel mm -hmm. partner strategy, let's be specific, what is the process that, that an organization needs to go through? How do you thoughtfully design a channel network that's going to help you achieve your goals and also be accretive for the partners as well. Sure. So it, you need to kind of assess the market opportunity. So for any channel strategy to take off, there has to be a certain amount of latent demand or demand in the markets that you're looking to develop partners in, because there has to be a certain amount of opportunity that's already been ignited versus a complete cold start where there's no opportunity. Uh, then you need to have a lot of clarity on what your channel acquisition strategy is. Who is that ideal partner? And then, as I mentioned before, this channel program that is architected for mutual benefit, you know, what is in it for the partner as much as what is in it for the association? A lot of times, the public facing program is the messaging that faces the partner, but then there's the internal facing messaging, which is what are the needs of the association as well, because they both have to be met. And there has to be kind of clear rules of the road on, on how you engage with partners and how they engage with each other. A lot of times, uh, most times, I would say all times, you wanna have a program that's got some tiering in it, so the lower performing partners don't get as many benefits as your highest performing partners. There's got to be an evaluation process where annually you're looking at 
who's doing what and making sure that the highest performers get the most benefit. And then you're also calling that partner community on an annual basis to make sure that the the ones that are not producing are not commanding any resources. So it it is a it is a framework. It's not rocket science. It takes work to develop a partner network. But once you get a partner network up and running, you really you're you're scaling through the resources of other organizations who have local market understanding, local presence can provide that local customer relationship and intimacy to really drive um, business growth. Yeah, well, there's a lot there to unpack. So essentially, we're going to assess the market. We need to have a, a strategy to acquire our partners, which means we need to know who are the right partners. We need to think about, you know, kind of what we're looking for, but what we can offer them as well. We have to define right. our relationship rules. Um, so how are we going to work together? How is the network going to work together? How are partners going to not only work together, but potentially compete? Um, we've got to have an evaluation process um, that's defined up front so our partners know how they're going to be evalu evaluated and what goals we're hoping that they're going to achieve. And then it's a living, breathing network, I hear you saying, that it, you know, you're going to be adding partners, certainly, hopefully, as you grow that network, but you also might be losing some partners that are underperforming as well. Have I got it kind of essentially the, the key stuff? I do. I, just, I, I think I'm going to ask you to follow me around everywhere and clarify what I'm saying. <laughs> you did such a good job. Summarize, not clarify, <laughs> summarize. But then again, the value, the ultimate value of the, the channel network and why it's so powerful is what I was hearing you say is essentially you can use resources that in some ways you're not paying for. I mean, certainly when you're working with your partners, there's an economic relationship, but you can leverage these uh, these resources of partners to grow your business. So it's not all in your back. You're not paying for every um, resource that you require to be able to expand your business. And, it, you know, it seems to me ultimately that that's maybe the real power of the channel. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean that's correct. I mean, what I don't want to underestimate though is that channel partner networks take a long time to develop and they mm -hmm. also take resources to manage so you want to make sure that you've built an efficient network but yes once you get the right network up and running you can have partners who are on their own dime and own time working on your behalf because you've got a program where they win for doing that you know they're not doing it just out of the kindness of their art there has to be benefit there. And it's the need, you know, the question of should you go through the partner strategy uh, portal or should you go uh, under the direct pathway is, is really defined by the customers in the market and, and what, and, and how you reach them. So if, if you can reach people around the world by just marketing your association and buying Google AdWords then have at it. Then if that's how demand gets fulfilled for your association, then maybe a partner network's not the right thing for you. But if you're an association that in order to get meaningful opportunities done with groups of individuals or corporations, uh, typically it's required to have some type of local relationship and local uh, customer or client intimacy, if you will, then you're probably best served by leveraging a channel partner network, unless 
you want to hire and resource people around the world. And you had mentioned, I think, earlier on that um, not only can that be costly, but there's a lot of, you know, a whole host of kind of regulatory and governmental compliance things as you begin to staff outside of your home country. So, you know, partner networks kind of provide you with air cover from local regulation and, you know, they provide you with legal cover, frankly. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a be all and end all. It's not the only thing you, you should be doing, but for most associations, a partner strategy probably is the best way to go uh, and grow in markets that are not their home market. Yes, that is correct. Excellent. Well, Jim, this has been a great conversation. I know that it's going to be valued by our customers and our clients and just generally people in the association community. So I really need to thank you. It's not going to be our last conversation, however. We're going to get together in oh, future conversations to talk about um, domestic channels, international channels, and really how do we develop a, a channel strategy that's going to work for the association, help it grow and help it achieve its goals. So thank you on behalf of OrgSource for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. Jim, if people well, want to get a hold of you, I'm sorry, Jim, <laughs> if people want to get a hold of you and talk over you, how can they do that? Uh, they can send me an email. Uh, my email address is jim at revivoassociates.com, R-E-V-I-V-O associates.com. And it would be my pleasure. And, uh, and you can always also contact Jim through uh, .org source as well. We'd be glad to pass on that email. And you can count to contact me at Sharon at .orgsource.com. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Sharon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .orgsource specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com to find out how to get your organization on track to Association 4.0. You can also engage in other educational content by becoming a member of .org community or reading our books on Association 4.0, which you can find on Amazon. We look forward to hearing from you soon.